Hey, Pete the Planner here. Um, listen, I've been working on something for 15 years, and I'm so excited to introduce it to you. It is called Hey Money, and the whole point of it is this. You should not have to pay thousands of dollars a year to talk to a financial expert about your financial life and to get answers to the questions that you so badly need. And that is why we created Hey Money for about 20 bucks a month. We can help you with all aspects of your financial life, short of investment decisions. That's right. I'm just telling you how it is. Don't call us and say, hey, should I invest in this or that? That's not what we do. And let's be honest, those aren't the questions that keep you up at night. We can help you figure out how to get out of debt, to pay for college, how to uh, put together a budget, how to do all sorts of things. If you like this show, which of course you do, that's why you're listening, then get Hey Money. And I've got a special offer code, 10% off radio. Use the offer code radio for 10% off for podcasts and radio listeners only. Go to callheymoney.com. That's callheymoney.com, offer code radio. Good day. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner show, we answer your money questions. That's how the show works. Oh, Dame, guess what this week is? I have no idea. We're launching Hey Money. Actually, right now on this show. Woo! I literally forgot that that's what we were about to do. And before our, our pre-show meeting that we just had, I did not bring it up to you. Pre-show meeting might be a bit strong. It, we were just talking. Uh, you know what? We will launch it in the next segment. How about that? Sounds good. All right. So, hey, here's how the show works. If you're just joining us for the first time. You send us your financial questions at askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. We answer those questions, uh, and we, it's its me, Peter Dunn, and Damian Dunn, no relation, Vice President of Advice at uh, Your Money Line and Hey Money. Dame, you're in studio today. I am in studio today. It's uh, good to see you or something. All right, Dame, let's get to the first question here. It is from Lisa. Uh, subject line, buying our first home at 58. My husband and I are wanting to purchase a home. It will be our first home. We are 58 years old and are concerned that we are too old. We'll have a hard time getting a mortgage. Should we buy or continue to lease? We have saved $35,000, but as stated, are we wondering if we should buy? Thanks for your help, Lisa. First of all, awesome. Yeah. Let's go. Sounds like they've put some thought into this. They've done some prep by getting some money saved ahead of time. Yeah, you know what I love about this is uh, with age comes wisdom and maturity and, and, and planning a lot of times. And it feels like uh, they've really put some thought into this. And I feel like that generally sets someone up for success as long as they're able to check some boxes. And so let's just go through no matter what your age is. The boxes you should check when thinking about purchasing a home. And then, Dame, we will, of course, account for the fact that they are 58 years old. We like to begin with what your payment is going to be, no matter whether you're buying or renting. Dame, we like we have a target number that works in most parts of the country. It doesn't work in all parts of the country, but it's a, it's a good indication. Where, where do you like to see people? 25% is right about the perfect amount for your um mortgage slash housing allocation of your budget. 25% of take-home pay, household take-home pay. 
look, if it goes up to 40 because you're in an expensive area or it goes up to 40 because you choose to buy a bigger house, ideally you're getting a 15-year mortgage if you're going to creep near 40%. Banks encourage you to be 40% or above so that they can loan you more money and make more money off the interest. But Dame, in a perfect world, if I got to control your finances, I would do it at 25% and then 10% for utilities on top of that for a total of 35%. What scares us is when people get to 50 or 60% between their house payment and utilities. Yeah, there's just not a lot left over for just daily life, let alone emergencies that may pop up. Not only uh, um, you know lifestyle type of emergencies or medical emergencies, but stuff that happens to your house. You're a homeowner now. You've got to take care of it. You're not calling the landlord in this case. You're you know, going to the Home Depot or calling your, your electrician or plumber or whoever it is to come fix that problem in most cases. That's coming out of your pocket. Damn, as I continue on here, we look up area code 217 and see where that's got us because I'm just curious as to where they live. Uh, so uh, the other factor in this, Lisa mentions that they've got $35,000 saved for the home which is amazing. And I'm excited about that. But Dame, what we know about home, saving for down payment for a home, sometimes people confuse or intermingle their emergency fund and their regular savings with this down payment money, which can be a giant mistake. Where is 217? Middle of Illinois. Okay. So we're talking affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, this, this makes a lot of sense to me now. Yeah. So let's say they put 10% down. And, and let's assume that that 35000 is part of their savings account, too. So let's say they want to keep 20 as savings and 15 as a down payment. They could buy a $150,000 house, mm-hmm. and, and, and the mortgage payment would probably be, what, with everything else, 1100 1200 bucks a month? Probably. That doesn't scare me. No, I, you got to figure their you know, lease payment's got to be, you know, maybe... 700 yeah, to 1000 I don't know, there, but... I'll say this too, uh, at 58 years old, we generally try to tell people at any age that we want you to stay in whatever home you're going to be in for at least five years. I think that's not going to be a problem here. Yeah, I think that's going to be um, not a non-issue for, for these folks. But uh, the one thing I do want to circle back to is we also encourage people to try and time your mortgage to end as close to retirement as possible. So I think the 15-year option is really important here because you don't want to drag that mortgage too far into the future. I agree with that unless, and there's one one situation that's a major unless here. And if it's true, then they are the rarest of rare creatures. But that is two pensions. If they mm. both have an employer pension, I'm not as concerned because their income will likely stay the same, if not go up, between Social Security and the pension from their working wages now. Well, I'm going to throw another caveat. We oh, know, boy. We, we know they're in Illinois, so if they're getting two state-funded pensions... No, not state-funded, but yes, if they get state-funded pensions, I would also be nervous because Illinois is a dumpster fire from a financial standpoint. Yes. I'm sorry I stepped on you there. It's I'm not right. that sorry, but... But, you know, if, they, if they're in Central Illinois, there's a lot of manufacturers, you know, things like that. What do you think? Are they in a uh, big enough area? Uh, I think this is probably more agricultural than uh, manufacturing would be my guess. I do not think 58 years old is too old to buy your first home. Yeah. I think it's kind of awesome. But I would say a bank is going to lead – uh, they're going to lead you down a weird path. I think with this, 
a bank only really cares if you can make the first 36 payments. That that is that is fact. So they only think these people are going to be alive till 61 and that's all they concern themselves <laughs> with. So if the bank goes, "Sure, you can borrow 250,000 on a 30-year mortgage." Don't go, "Oh my gosh, we're awesome." Maybe you are awesome, but I would not borrow that much money. I would I would what do you think? We don't know their income. We don't. But I think your first house, 150,000 or something like that in central Illinois based on what they have saved. I would think that, I mean, if they're leasing right now, I, you think they're leasing a house? You know, they're renting a house at this point? I would assume so. I would assume that will get them into something comparable to, to what they are leasing right now. I guess that maybe that's the other question. Why do they want to buy a house now? You know, if, if the reason is because they want to be able to at some point permanently eliminate housing costs, then great. If yeah. it's because it's something they've always wanted to do. You know, like when people yeah. are like, we've always wanted to go to Disney, so we went $10,000 into credit card debt. And it's like, well, you know, I wouldn't have done that. Can't put a price on memories, Pete. Can't put a price on a good time. You know, I'm okay with this, but I'm a little nervous that when you've leased or rented for so long... When something breaks, it's not your problem. It's your landlord's problem. And so that even that culturally of like understanding that something goes wrong and you got to maintain it, that's expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just something you've never had to deal with, a part of your budget that is completely unexplored. So uh, as, a, as a homeowner, I will tell you to buckle up because things seem to happen in clumps or clusters. I don't know about you, but uh, when one thing goes wrong... Uh, you're not usually talking about hundreds of dollars of repairs. It's it's usually in the thousands. The team here at Your Money Line last year went through a nasty case oh. of the money bleeding. Oh. Man, and we were passing it around. It was contagious. Yeah, it you was got it. it I got horrible. it. Everybody got it. It was funny. It wasn't funny. It was awful. One last thing. There's another thing that makes me nervous about age 58 and about making a major purchase is that right on the other side of 58 is 59. And right after the 59 is 59 and a half mm -hmm. when a person frees up a lot of qualified assets, which can then make it seem like a good idea to just spend more money than you've ever spent before because you have access to your IRAs and 401ks. And we don't want to see that. So in conclusion, send us more details, Lisa. All right. Dame, coming up after the break, we're going to launch Hey Money. I, and we'll talk about it before we come back from the break because I didn't tell you about it. <laughs> So we're going to do that. We're going to launch Hey Money here and answer more questions on the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, it's time. Let's do it. After a soft launch, that's a funny phrase, uh, we did in the last couple of weeks, we are officially right now launching hey money to the general public come one come all come one come all it's alive so for the last 15 years that we've been trying to figure out i've been trying to figure out how to offer very affordable financial guidance to the masses you know not thousands of dollars a year about 200 dollars a year you get matched with someone who works for us could be dame could be and uh, they will guide you through your financial life. We do not answer specific investment questions, Damien. We do not. We pretty much do everything else. For about $200 a year, you can have access to uh, Hey Money. So go to callheymoney.com. That is callheymoney.com. And since we love you as a listener, whether it's the radio or the podcast, we're giving you an offer code mm. for 10% off radio. 
that's the offer code. Go uh, So go ahead. You can pay annually, uh, which we give you a nice discount. But if you'd rather pay monthly and you want a discount code, enter the code RADIO. We'll give you 10% off. And maybe you get matched with Dane. Maybe you get matched with another member of the Hey Money team. But go to callheymoney.com right now. If you've always listened to this show and you thought, hey, I'd love for them to dig into my finances. Well, now you can at callheymoney.com. Dame, this next email is from a lady. I'm not going to say her name because at the very end she put, P.S., I'm assuming you will not put this letter in the newspaper or something like that. That's Yeah, we'll just talk about it on the radio. Yeah, right. This is something like that. What do you think about that? If someone says don't, don't say this situation. I've, I've read through it. There's nothing identifiable, and I've taken her name out. So I can read it, right? I think we are completely able to do this. You know what? I, it, oh, some, another email just came in that's very similar to the one this lady sent me. What are the chances? And it's from a guy this time. Huh. His name is Billy. 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 Peter, good morning. I'm writing today to ask your advice and suggestions on budgeting for my teenage daughters. I've been at your presentations and I read your articles periodically. I've been recommended your book to a niece, but here I am seeking advice for myself. Here's the background. I have an MBA in finance, was a commercial real estate banker for 20 years, which required me to work heavily with budgets and see that the developer adhered to them. I've worked for not-for-profit organizations. We should hire this man. Yeah. Billy. Uh, not pre- ah, 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 ah. I'm just going on. Oh, gosh. As my two teenage daughters will be headed off to college in four years, I want to prepare them for what living will be like without their dad, me, Billy, and their mother, <laughs> they're buying everything. Hmm. I've considered something like a clothes budget to try to keep them focused on the idea that we don't get to buy everything we want simply because we can I practice it personally, but not to a huge degree. Luckily, I don't have many things that I want anymore. We have restraints. I don't buy $500 sneakers for my girls, etc. But we do not live within a set budget. So is there a book that you would recommend? Are there some simple steps to take that I could begin implementing? Me, dad, Billy, a man. Clearly, I realize that the problem lies within me. And hence... I'm seeking help, advice that will ultimately benefit my children because I'm a good dad named Billy, Billy. man. Yeah. Signed, Billy. A man. Thanks, Billy. A dad. It's crazy that we got two very similar emails. It's, uh, you know, the wonders never cease around here. All right. So here's here was my former hot take. You know, I, I was thinking about this recently. I've given advice over the last 20 years of doing this. And sometimes I just had no idea because I wasn't in that situation. So I just tried to use whatever sense I have to come up with these tips. And then as I've aged into these situations, I realized that some of my tips were really dumb and not practical. Hmm. So one of my tips that I used to give for teenagers was uh, have your kids budget their data and, and cell phone minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the surface, that seems like a really good idea. But this happened before text messaging before Instagram, yeah. before any of these things, before wa- home Wi-Fi. Really? Yes. Wow. I'm an old man. So that's a dumb tip. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. I think the way you do this, actually, you go first. Why do you, how do you think you do this? You're smarter than me. 
Thanks. You got a good jacket on. I know that visuals on the radio are no good, but Dame looks good today. I look good every day. Well, uh, you look good today. Thanks. Uh, you know what? I really like Billy's suggestion of just setting up budgets for individual parts of their lives. Yeah. It, it's, it's worked forever. I remember I, I had some, some cousins uh, whose parents did this for them. Okay. And I remember specifically them lamenting that they needed to go back to school shopping and they needed to get some new clothes, but they had to last all year, and they only had so much money. And that, I mean, I was in elementary school, and they were too at this point. Yeah. And that has stuck with them. They are all fine, upstanding, financially solid people at this point. Not saying that teaching these lessons at a young age will guarantee that to happen. However, I saw how it impacted them from a young age. And to put these decisions, get them involved uh, in that process at a young age, paid off big time. So... Goodness, set up budgets for certain areas of their lives, get them invested in uh, saving a certain amount, spending a, a certain amount, maybe giving some away to a charity. Uh, the more involved you can get your kids in their own financial decisions and take ownership in, the better off they're going to be. There it is, proof positive, the technique for teaching kids about money. After the break, no, I'm just kidding, I've got more. <laughs> All right, so that, you know what? 100% step one. But I also have step 1A, or that could be step 1B. You know, you take step 1A. I'll, I'll go step 1B. That's okay. They got to get a job. Is there any better way to learn about money than to make your own money? She said they were freshmen in high school? I don't want to. He, he, Billy, sorry, a dad, Billy. a man. Yeah. You're, you know what? I think you're a misogynist. Because clearly, this is a man. Clearly. Um, you've got to make your own money. Do you want old-time gripey Pete right now? Yes. You know what bothers me today? Is the kids don't work. Like all these sports and e-sports. It's not even a sport. They're just playing video games. They don't work. I, I feel that way. People don't have jobs. No. I, yeah. Well, I play travel soccer. Shh. Work, Jim. <laughs> go. Go. Not you, Jimmy. Or Billy. Billy. Go go referee a soccer game. Go yeah. go do some make some money because then it matters to you. Budgeting mom and dad's money, who cares? Yeah. How can you care about that? That's true. I know. Jeez. <laughs> well, the other thing. So I, I like yours. Of course, I like mine. The follow through to all of this is getting them deeply involved with the college funding conversation. Get involved. Here's where parents go way wrong. They wait until the spring before their freshman year in college to discuss that money is finite. Yeah. Like, get them involved now. Be like, all right, let's start looking at this. This is the college you want. This is what it'll cost. This is how much your student loans will be. And by the way, what's the guy's name? Billy? Billy. Dad? Billy. Billy, if you want help on, on and helping them understand that, go to callhaymoney.com. Use offer code RADIO. For 10% discount, we will help you have that conversation with them. We'll help calculate that. Sure. Do it all the time. So those are my tips for teaching kids about money. Number one, if they're a teenager, get a job, Tyler. Number two, budget everything. Budget fuel, right? Uh, for your car. Or do you know kids don't necessarily get excited about getting a driver's license anymore? It's the weirdest thing. It is weird to me. I mean, we're, I'm not saying we're generation, our generation is better. That's a little weird to me. Car means freedom. Weren't you in the license branch like the day you were eligible? Yes, yes, absolutely. And then a week later, I may or may not have swerved into a guardrail trying to avoid a, a polar squirrel. Is that the story? 
It's the story I told my dad. Okay. Just tank slapped the car right into the guardrail. <laughs> Coming up after the break. More of what's the show called? Who knows? All right. It's not that great. Go to callheymoney.com. Offer code radio for 10% off of uh, Hey Money. I'm Pete the Planner. Uh... Back on the Pete the Planner show. It's, uh, oh, it's good. It's a good segment. You know why? Kick Damien out. Old Dame would send him to a water break. And uh, now we got a member of his team, the Your Money Line Hey Money team, Gail, down in Texas. Gail, welcome back to the show. Uh, people love having you on. Uh, welcome back. Thank you, Pete. It's really nice to be back. Well, you know, one of the topics that we talk a lot about at Hey Money and uh, Your Money Line quite a bit and calls that you get on a regular basis. Or when people call and basically say, hey, Gail, I'm 50 and I'm broke. What do I do? And you know what? I have to admit, that is one of the more common things I've seen over the last 10, 15 years are people who feel bound by their age and bound by the zero in their bank account and feel desperate and helpless. And that's something that you help people with on a regular basis. Where is someone to begin when they find themselves, well, what we call 50 and broke? Um, well, there are lots of things to be done. Of course, there's all the money parts, but I like to start by focusing on having people forgive themselves for whatever happened that got them to this situation and just realize that the past is the past. It's done and it's time to move on to just not beat themselves up and and continually feel bad about about being in this situation. You know, then, I, I'm a big fan of that because I feel like people don't do that. We we all we feel so much pressure. The the the, the you know the the chasm between the haves and the have-nots feels like it's it's growing. And if you feel like a have-not, and you feel you know lonely, and it's like you gotta extend yourself some grace. Forgive yourself. You did the best you could with what was happening, and you have to look forward. Exactly. I always feel like people are making that best decision for the most part <laughs> they're making the best decision they can make at that point in time with all the information they have available to them so if they made a bad decision in retrospect there's nothing you can do about it it's over it's um learn you know, from like, it right learn, learn from, from it. it and and move on yes absolutely the more time you spend thinking about what happened in the past the less time you're focused on the present and you're not living in the present or preparing for the future so I think that's one of the biggest things to start with is just it it is what it is. And now we got to move forward. Yeah, because if you don't, you get stuck there and you're paralyzed and then more time is taking away and the less you can leverage that time for good. Yep, exactly. All and, right, what's next? Um, next would be um, four areas. Uh, well, actually, they're all part of focus and focus on what you can control. So there may be a whole bunch of things in your life, life you can't control, but if you focus on your spending, your savings, your earnings, because there are things you can do. And then another thing we tend to forget about is taking care of ourselves, taking care of our health and our relationships, because that's the stuff that's going to sustain us through the next 40 or so years because 50 is not really that old anymore. You know, it used to be, but it's the new 30 or maybe new 40. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. A lot of times when we think about our financial lives, we just think about numbers. But the reality is a pro like yourself knows that, you know, if you don't have good relationships, if you don't have your health, the numbers don't matter. Well, who cares if if you've you've destroyed all your relationships and you've got all the money in the world? That's not great. And you, everyone has a friend like that. And it's sad to see and you and you wish that they would have had more things together. But what we're saying in these circumstances Yes, you're trying to get your financial life back in order, but let's not neglect those things that sustain you, such as your health and your community. Right, exactly, because you'll feel better. Plus, if your health is good, that'll help you financially as well. Do you think that from a spending perspective, people feel like their spending was assigned to them and that they didn't actually personally select it? I feel like that sometimes. I think so too. I think sometimes people feel like life happened to them. They weren't actually living. And oh, spending geez. comes with that. <laughs> I feel like when you're on here that we should have like great background music. You drop so many bombs of wisdom on us. Uh, that's oh. so true. Okay. So say that again. Say what you just said again. Um, gosh, now I forgot, Pete. Um, what I People said feel was, it. No, it's yeah. all right. Well, it's so good. Yeah. It stunned us both. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's, um, gosh, I did go blank there for a second. That happens. All right. So okay. spending is a choice. And 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 sometimes I think people, when they turn 50 and they're broke, they feel like their current income is their lot in life. And they don't maybe go get that side hustle or look for bigger income options, which then can help them get through some of this mess to get them back on track. So Gail, what can people do when they're broke and 50 and they don't feel like they make enough income? Um, well, you mentioned it. Get a get a side job if you can, or change jobs. Uh, maybe even change careers. I mean, it's not too old to do that. Um, if you if there's something you would rather be doing, get some education, go do it. If you can find a way to do it affordably, community colleges are a great resource. But find what your strengths are and focus on that. Um, and I remember what it was, Pete. If you're was worried about um, li that life happened to people, not that they were living their life. Oh, see. It did come it back. Came back. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have yet to reach 50, although my hairline has. But I can tell you, at in, as I got into my 40s, I found that my, my current or my snapshot priorities had changed, yet my spending did not reflect that, that I'd held on my some spending habits and things I didn't even really care about anymore. And I wonder, I'm just curious, do you see that with people in their fifties too, is maybe they had, you know, young kids, middle-aged kids, and then the kids get a little bit older and it's like, wait, we're still living these old spending habits yet. Our lives have changed drastically. Yes. I see that. And it primarily tends to be like in their homes. People stay in these big homes, all the bedrooms for the kids, that's one area, or the cars that they drive, instead of making their life their lives now, kids are gone, adjust your life for your lifestyle. You know, we talked about hay money on the earlier on this show, and it just occurred to me, for the first time ever, the general public will be able to call up and actually talk to you about their I, financial lives. I can't wait. That will be so great. <laughs> I can't wait. I it's sometimes, you know, in this show, we really try to try to focus on people's questions that they have and answer them. Uh, but sometimes I feel like I just want to spend the whole show talking about the people I get to work with, like you and the queen of the desert and Dame. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's, um, all right. So team. what about assets from an asset perspective? I mean, when you look at the 401k statement and it's 
not five figures. Like it's definitely not six figures. It's not five. How can you not get so distracted by those low balances? I'll, it kind of goes back to the same thing. I mean, it is what it is and it's time to do something different about it. And that's, that's where we can help. Like look at the budget, look at their spending, look at their income and find the margin so that people can start saving because at 50, you still have lots of time to save a lot of money if you can make it work in your budget and find ways to increase the income to get it in there. You know, with the 401k limits and IRAs and the catch-up contributions, um, you can make a lot of good inroads in a number of years. Let me make a really strange statement that you feel free to disagree with. You know how it works around here. Um, so I find that people who are broken 50 yet have a higher income have a more difficult time making this work than mm -hmm. people who have a more moderate income who are broken 50. Do you agree or disagree with that? Oh, I completely agree because it's that lifestyle creep with your income. And when you get to the point where maybe you don't, you haven't saved for retirement or you're, you're broke, like we're talking about, you're 50 and broke, it's time to change your lifestyle. It's time to cut back, adjust it, and really focus on absolutely what you need and not what you've just always had or think you should have, but for what you can have. You won't miss it once you get used to living a different lifestyle. Gail, did I tell you I'm going to be in Dallas, Fort Worth, like in a month? Did I tell you this? No. That's All so right, exciting. Well, well, we'll talk off the air. Let's see if you and I can uh, find a way to, you know, say hello. That would be great, Pete. All right. Well, Gail from the Your Money Line Hey Money team, thank you so much. I love having you on. Uh, I know you would do it about once a quarter, and I'd love to do it, you know, every week and just kick Dame to the curb. What do you think? <laughs> That's okay. I will happy to do. I may be happy to do that. All right. So, uh, Gail, everybody from the Hey Money team, if you want to talk to her, go to callheymoney.com, offer code radio for a discount for our radio and podcast listeners. Coming up after the break, Damien comes back in studio and we do the biggest waste of money of the week. That's all right here on the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I found this. Uh, Dame, do you ever make mental notes and say, okay, I'm going to remember to remember this later? Yes. You ever do that? Oh, yeah. I'm going to remember right now to remember this later. Yes. So then I did that last night with the thought of I found a bomb last night. I was laying in bed, scrolling through my phone, found it, and I was like, you know what? Mental note, remember that I found something. So this morning... I was like, oh, yes, I remember. I was meant to remember something. And then it took me 15 minutes to remember what it was. And here it is. The Simple Crib, which is made with zero fossil fuels. Okay? So, Dame, as you know, when you saw down a tree with a chainsaw, you're using oftentimes some gasoline product mm -hmm. to fuel said saw. And that's killing the environment. Yeah. Sure, cutting down the trees, no problem, but the uh, fossil fuels used create issues. So now, for the first time, a company has created a crib for babies to lay in and sleep and, and, and soil themselves that is free of fossil fuels in any step of the process. I don't know how they ship it to your home without the use of fossil fuels, but again, they, what, what am I, some jerk they, here? They float it down the river. You know Pete. what? That's a really good point I made. 
How do they get it to you? They float it. Do you, you know just, how much this costs? You have to come pick it up at the river. What, what, how much? 500 bucks. what no you know do you ever think sometimes we're going backwards did they just send sticks in the mail and and that's or no that's fossil fuels they couldn't yeah so they have to walk it to your house they have to walk this crib packaged on their backs (laughs) with bottles of water and those people could never even have traveled to the factory by car bicycle Okay, how are they going to do this? This is, this is balderdash. They've got Lance Armstrong just out there schlepping cribs all over the U.S. Yeah, well, he'll get there quickly. Uh Are um, HGH is that made of fossil fuels? HGH, 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 human growth hormone. That makes more sense. Um, Dame, I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot about paleontology. But I got to assume you can build a crib out of fossils that is cheaper than this $28,000 fossil fuelless car or crib or car. You could probably just hire somebody to hold your kid at night and sleep in their arms. Listen to this. Uh, For the crib's bedding, the team initially considered using cotton, but then realized that because there aren't yet fossil-free options for transporting cotton from other countries, it would have to use local flax, which was hand-woven into linen using a loom. Wool that normally might have come from South America or Australia came from a Dutch island called Texel via a sailboat. Okay. Oh, my God. The wood used in the crib came from a tree cut down with an electric chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> I hope it was charged with solar power or wind power. The wood was delivered to a mill on an electric van, then processed at a sawmill using green electricity. What in the world? How did they get it to your house? With an electric van. Okay, anyway. You know what? It's not worth having kids. Well, that's not up for debate. Dame, a listener, came by our office a couple weeks ago yep. and dropped off a gift for you. Yeah, I got a, uh, a very beautiful shower head from a listener. A few uh, weeks prior to that, we discussed... Uh, the um, How did it become... What was the conversation? I believe we were talking about the uh, the... The rain shower head, you know, that sticks out of the, sh- the ceiling. Oh, yeah. And just falls I don't like on you. It. Yeah. And we said, who just goes and stands in the rain yeah. and says, this is enjoyable. So uh, I was delivered a shower head sure. that is the traditional kind that, you know, shoots at you from an angle on the wall <laughs> like, like, like God a, intended. Yeah. And uh, it is gorgeous. And I want to uh, uh, thank that person by not mentioning their name or the company they work for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think if we did, so there's this thing in radio that I have to take this uh, online course, compliance course every year. It's called Payola, essentially. Really? Oh, yeah. And it's like the Tommy Matola. Yeah. Thing. I think it's Tommy Matola. Tommy Matola. Isn't he a, a record producer? I thought people were like paying money. I don't know. Anyway, I can't say names of things like that. But anyway, go to callheymoney.com, <laughs> offer code radio. Nice transition. <laughs> Thank you. Dame, you had an interesting story you came across this week, and I'd like to cover it. (laughs) Getting by as a student can be challenging. As you leave the security of your home and realize just how much rent, booze, and cheese can set you back. Yeah. Well, Gracie Adams from Belfast signed up to a website called Seeking Arrangements when she was 17. And, well, now she has five sugar daddies, three of which she meets with regularly. Wait a second. I'm uncomfortable. Is she older than 17 now? She is now 19. Okay. Thank you. Can you not bury the lead there? I'm not trying to... 
Lose listeners. She also insists that all of these relationships are strictly platonic. However, she can rake in more than 300 pounds, which uh, as of the writing of this article was close to $400 a date. Okay. I don't understand things. So she's got, she's paying for college by being paid friends with people that are platonic friends. Yep. That's her story. Okay. Look, Dame, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to make you an offer. I will be your friend for $300 an hour. And I, and I will, I will credit you the first hour we've already spent together today. It's on the house. According to this relationship, I would also have to, uh, Pay for any gifts or meals or, or anything uh, that that we might do. I'll say after this recording of this show, we do have an executive team meeting in which lunch is being brought in for the entire team. Hmm. So not only will I charge you to be in that meeting, but I'm also going to require you to purchase at least my meal and yours, just to be classy. Okay. That's Sugar, Damie. Sounds. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um. Let. I don't want to get into the. Gr- potentially mm, vile aspects of this that i mean smart kid like what do we i mean well that's on a resume are you like industrious i mean uh, she did have the foresight to ask her boyfriend his opinion of this arrangement oh and uh does he go on the dates too he he just was curious as to what he'd be uh, she'd be doing with the uh, the sugar daddies you know this this begs the question of Let's say you view this situation as sad or something negative. Who's it negative for? The the men who are the daddies or the one that receives the sugar? You know I'm what? Like, I, I, wanna, I'm, I wanna edit that out, but I'm not going to we're not we're No, not. but but who who if, if if you were to look what do you think about this? I think we're done with this segment. Uh, okay. <laughs> Why? I feel like your thoughts are about to get dark. It's just not good. Morgan Stanley is spending $13 billion to buy online sugar daddy E-Trade. Uh, it's the biggest takeover by U.S. banks since the financial crisis. The bank is getting E-Trade's 5.2 million customer accounts with $360 billion in assets and a leading business that manages corporate stock plans. Morgan Stanley is the Tony Investment Bank for Rich Americans and Corporations is making a play for the masses. I... By the way, this article is from CNBC. That last line I read is really strange that a journalist would write those words. Morgan Stanley, the Tony Investment Bank for Rich Americans and Corporations, is making a play for the masses. If your daughter came home and said, Dad, I found a way to pay for college. I yeah. signed up on this website. Oh, were you, we're back to that? Yeah. Okay. I never wanted to leave. Oh, Playing hard to get. Yeah. Sugar Damie. <laughs> All right. So if my daughter came home, oh, I, we can't, I can't do that. I can't hypothetically make it my daughter. Can't do it. If I told you my daughter came home and told me that she found a way to pay for college. I would call your wife immediately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's not, no. I mean, she may be benefiting financially. This is not a. Look, you know what? I'll just say this, and I mean it. It is sincere. Good for her for taking control of her situation. Was that it's sincere enough? <laughs> Whatever. All right, hey, go to uh, callheymoney.com. That's callheymoney.com. We didn't buy Hey Money because it was 60000 bucks. That's good 
what that's that's what we can do. So for eleven ninety nine, we bought the domain callheymoney.com. Yeah. Best use of money of the week. Yeah. Offer code radio for ten percent off. All right, everybody. If you want us to, to answer your questions, do that or email us. Ask PDP the planner com. That's all we have time for. Goodbye. Thank you.